Kings of Kill, the show dedicated to the love of all things horror. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven. We are the Kings of Kill. This is the Kings of Kill podcast. And this week, we're talking about magic. We're talking about hell. We're talking about alchemy, Dante's Inferno, the Paris Catacombs. Steven, what are we reviewing above, this week? So below. As above, so below, a request coming to us from Austin. Austin, thank you so much. Keep the request coming. Folks, if you would like to request an episode, easy. Head on over to our official website, kingsofkill.com. There, hit the contact link. You can request shows just like this one. While you're there, at kingsofkill.com, you'll see links directly to our social medias, like our Instagram. Make sure to follow so you never miss when we release new content, just like today. Also, Follow us on Twitter so you can take our weekly surveys because we care about what you think. There's a donation link at the bottom of the homepage so we can help keep the heat on to finish out this winter season. Plus, our online store full of unique, one-of-a-kind, exclusive merchandise only available at kingsofkill.com. Now, let's share some scares. Let's get on with the show. Steven. Uh, ditto. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's oh, up, man? Another day down. Another day down. Uh, as as usual, uh, we're recording this after we've already put in what ten hours? Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you What did you text me earlier today, man? Oh, what did I text you earlier? You sent me a text. It was hilarious. So was we, it the we, camp? Uh, as a rule of thumb. No, God, no, oh, no. We're, we're live. There, there goes another sponsorship opportunity. No, it's not the gift, Stephen. Um, uh, we have a rule. We don't really speak much on uh, on recording days uh, because we don't want any of our opinions to be spoiled. Uh, we don't communicate about what we think about the film is or the video game or whatever we're viewing. We want it to be raw. We want it to be natural. If we agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just sort of a rule of thumb. We don't really talk much these days, um, except for, Hey, are we going, are we going out of this time or what? And, uh, Steven sent me a text earlier saying happy recording day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we look forward to this guys. We, uh, we, it, it may seem silly, but we put in hours and hours of time reviewing these movies, gathering notes, um, doing research, uh, isn't necessary, no, but uh, but we care. You know, we want to do our due diligence to give you the best show we can. So uh, uh, we look forward all week, no matter how it works going, no matter what life throws our way. Um, uh, I've recorded six. Steven's recorded with a with a messed up back on the ground. Doesn't matter. On the ground, go on. We're here for you. On the ground, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, we are happy to have you here, folks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, another great request this week. This one's coming to us from Austin. Thank you so much. As above, so below. I think it's it's streamed on Netflix yes, right now. That's where right? I watched it. Yeah. So uh, most people have Netflix accounts or access to one. Or access uh, to one. So yeah. it's everyone's using someone. You know, we all know. Come on, we all know what we're talking about here. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is a uh, uh, something I, I kind of overlooked when it first came out. To be honest, this came out in 2014, uh, uh, directed and written by John Eric uh, Dowdle. And I believe his brother, Drew Daddle, co-wrote the movie. Uh, came out in August 2014, had a, a small budget of $5 million, made $8.6 million opening weekend, 
uh, grossed 21 mil USA and 41 million worldwide. That's a crazy success to go from 5 million to reach 41 uh, uh, as a turnaround. Yeah. Um, See, I didn't funny, watch this movie because someone was like, eh, if you've seen The Descent, you've seen this. So I was like, okay. I was told the same thing. And yeah. I wasn't a fan of The Descent, like off the bat. But then again, like I rewatched it like a couple of years ago. Dude, that movie rules. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it grew on me. It, when I first watched it, I don't know if I wasn't in the right mind frame, but also what I think it was is uh, um, The Descent was kind of one of those movies that, that was a bit brave for its time, went a very different direction, stark different direction from the rest of the horror. Um, and now it's really appreciated. Now it, it still feels fresh. And because it was brave to try something new, this, on the other hand, kind of came out in the midst of the first person found footage, you know, held camera narrative. Yeah. Right? There was some be- uh, before it, but um, definitely this, this hit a stride. This was like a, one of those really well done ones. Yeah. For having such a small budget, it was really well done. And I'm wondering if, if the same reasons I find fault for this movie, the same reasons it was so well done. So um, uh, John Eric Dattle, created this movie he pitched it and then four months later the studio gave him a budget to make it and that sounds like a super rush but what i think happened and you could tell some elements were rushed um but it wasn't a huge fault to the film uh but with that rush i think that spark that passion from the pitch to actually starting filming like i said only took four months which is very rare i think that was a good thing because it was so fresh in the creator's yeah. mind. Like it, you know what I mean? it being an hour and a half, it would have been nice if it was maybe two. I would have taken two and a half because how this movie goes down was actually I was invested. Like oh, crawl in a hole, go find I, something. I'm not invested in those kind of movies. Like Descent, but it turned out to be great. Like Descent. But um, right. this the lore and everything that it explains in the movie. Yeah, that is all yes. me, and I was so invested, and yeah. I was like, I yeah. need more. And how this the director made yes, I a quarantine before this, and he did kind of similar, you know, found footage, also great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I yeah. didn't know. I always thought M Night did Devil, but he did it. I mean, he directed it. I thought, yeah, I, I think Shyamalan he produced it or co-wrote it, yeah, something along those I, I lines. Thought um, he directed it, but no, it's it's John who directed it. Yeah, I was shocked to to discover that too. So he's got, so his his whole filmography is very interesting films. Uh, he's he's kind of he's not he's not really a leader in terms of Hollywood, but he definitely stands out from the yeah, pack. Yeah, that is very Waco refreshing. TV series and, was good. Yeah, that that was, and again, that was that was uh, uh that was yeah. left of center. You know, that was that was kind of unprecedented, and I think that's kind of his niche. He he seems to focus on passion pro- projects, and they somehow are successful, which are fantastic. So I got to give respect to the director well, and writer. Did you see what he's going to do next? He's no, doing what's up? a re- I don't know how you can do this. He's doing a remake of the 2004 movie Friday Night Lights. How do you remake really a movie that was on a true story, like a different? I, I, I I'm interested, but 
I, that's just weird to me. I'm pretty sure they did that with a TV but show, but <laughs> I, that's what I, I don't know. That's what I thought. We'll, we'll see. I mean, y- you never know. Uh, like we talked about before of, of judging a book by its cover when it comes to like an actor getting a role and everyone kind of shits yeah. on him or her for, oh, they're not going to fit. Well, maybe he sees something that someone else didn't, you know? So, I mean, it's Peter so, Berg uh, though. How do you, it's like remaking E.T. from Spielberg. <laughs> it's Peter Berg's like my favorite Peter Berg movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it's risky going after something so well recepted in the first place. And true. You know? And like but a true story based yeah. on a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, was there a chapter we yeah. skipped or I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you got to get the Kindle yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting, but I, I got faith in this director from what he's done. Um, yeah. Like you were talking about how this movie like speaks volumes to you. And it does to me too, because it's, it, it ties in history with, the supernatural with what people believe during those historical times. Yeah. It's, um, it's not like uh, timeline do... with Paul Walker, but it's, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? how, how it, it's, it's You're like gonna... a tomb Raider. It's, it's just a horror movie. We tomb need, Raider. yes. Yeah. Yeah. We need a supercut of all of your abstract references. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like timeline with Paul. Walker. <laughs> oh man. Not that. History. Um, yeah. No, it's, it is a lot like Tomb Raider, and uh, uh, let's let's do a quick synopsis. How would you describe this movie in a nutshell? Oh, I would just instantly reference Descent <laughs> and Tomb Raider. Yeah, just be it's, like, it's, put it's, those two movies together. Yeah, girl. In fact, dad, that's that's kind of trying to go down into catacombs and mm-hmm. get the Harry Potter's Philosopher's Stone or whatever, and yeah, yeah so and try to get the stone, and there's. Stuff you're, doing great. you're doing great <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so this this uh, uh scarlet uh played by uh perdita weeks and her name is perdita which is hilarious because she's pretty let me tell you i was gonna scarlet, say what a pretty name for perdita weeks yeah. what a weird name <laughs> it works though it works though so scarlet is uh the daughter of a world-renowned archaeologist that was kind of like a modern day indiana jones you know Wow, it's like timeline. Tra- Go on. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he traveled the world um, uh, seeking the Philosopher's Stone and got real, real close, but he kind of started to lose it um, along the way, got depressed, and he committed suicide. Um, so Scarlet is now taking over in her father's footsteps. She's now scouring the world, too, um, looking for the Philosopher's Stone, which, uh, according to lore, has the power for eternal life. It can heal uh, it can heal mortal wounds. It can create uh, uh, precious metals out of any stone. Um, like you said, uh, it's a Harry Potter stone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but what's the the movie was Sorcerer's Stone, right? And then the it, book was Philosophers or something like that. Well, the 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 Sorcerer's Stone is one of the Harry Potter books, but the Philosopher's Stone is actual is actual is, is real folklore. I know, but like, there's know. like a British version of the book or something. There's like a different version of the book. Whatever. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> Got to get that Kindle version again. <laughs> We're getting the spark notes of this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she's, she's searching for Philosopher's Stone. Uh, she's traveled all over the world. And she thinks, uh, after the help of her friend George, played by 
Ben Feldman, who did a terrific job in this. Oh, dude, he's the pretty boy that I was talking dude, about in the previous he episode. He is the Friday, pretty boy. Yeah. Friday 13th. He's um, the superstore guy, remember? Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's the pretty superstore guy. I didn't That's... know his name on the Friday 13th episode, but now I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> full circle here on the King's Kill Podcast, circle. folks. Uh, yeah, so Ben Feldman did a great job. So one of the, the pros about this is is even though Scarlett is a bit of a Mary Sue, meaning like she's kind of perfect with no flaws, you know, not really the best character. Her flaws start to show as the film goes, which is a really interesting turnaround. Usually people start kind of messed up and they get stronger as the, as the film goes. As this film progresses, Scarlett comes off. She knows all these dead languages. She has multiple degrees. She's traveled the world. She's basically a superhero. She's pretty much Laura Croft, right? But as the film goes on, you see her weaknesses, her mistakes. She becomes more human, you know, which was a real nice twist. Because at first, the first couple minutes of this, I was like, how could they make a more perfect protagonist? That's kind of boring to me. And then comes, so you have pretty much Laura Croft, her sidekick, George, which remind me of uh, uh, Drake's Uncharted. Yeah, but like a pussy version. Yes, because at first he, at first he kind of like, you know, I'm not going. I'm not going in there. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go with you. Last time I did that, I ended up in jail. In a Turkish prison. Yeah, not yeah. Uh, you blame him, but he's got but a soft I mean, spot for it. And they and and they 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 work well together. Yeah, it, it was a good little duo. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like that. Um, one really interesting thing is that uh, so obviously they're. The opening intro doesn't really make sense. You can kind of do away with it, you know. Uh, Dude, I was so lost to be honest. So, so what it is, I had, I was that the beginning or the end? Like, did that happen before the movie? Or it happened before everything. So Scarlett is in uh, Iran in a very dangerous territory, and she is looking for um, uh, a kind of of Rosetta Stone, a translation ornament that can help. The rose key. The rose key. Yes, the rose key, um, which is a statue that's been hidden. They're about to the Iranian government's about to demolish some uh, uh, ancient land, and she she snuck in illegally. It's very dangerous, treacherous to find this rose key, and she sees this man in a trench coat hanging. She gets thrown back. The building starts exploding, and then it just cuts to modern day. It, it was a real trip. It wasn't very well executed. It was it was a hook is what it was. And I get making a hook to draw audiences attention, but you could have cut that out and you would have been absolutely just fine. A hundred percent agreed. Because when that happened and then the movie started, I was like, oh, man, that's going to happen at the end of the movie or something. And nothing no. explained that at all. It's I no... mean, there was a. It, it does explain the hanging man. But... Her fault. Yeah, that that comes into it. But I mean. But other than that, I was waiting for it. I was like, I waited for the after credits. And I was like, what? No, you could have just threw that whole thing yes. away. They could have thrown the whole saved thing a billion away. dollars. It could have been four billion dollar budget <laughs> or a million dollar, not billion. Jesus you're, Christ, you're, Michael you're, Bay. You're doing <laughs> Steven, did you say Michael Bay? Folks, <laughs> if you haven't already, head on over to kingsofkill.com where you'll find our exclusive t shirt that says what? Why do I speak? <laughs> it says Fuck Thought and Michael Bay too. For a limited time run, check it out, kingsofkill.com. Um, 
Shame is plug. I love it. You set me up, man. What, what, I, what am I, I supposed to do with that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, so the intro could have been thrown out. I get there was setup. I get what there was the hook, but it just wasn't really necessary. It didn't really help the film. Um, then the film actually begins, and with this, with this weird. So it's the excuse for found footage. Every everything needs an excuse. In this one, uh, Edwin Hodge plays Benji, who is a cameraman who's helping Scarlett document her findings, which makes total sense, right? Yes. Um, so at least there's a sensible reason instead of just some dude has a camera and never puts it down because that just doesn't make sense. That lasts five minutes, and then it, and then it ruins the illusion. So at least there's reason. And what took me out of this whole movie is it's is the shot where it's five minutes in the movie, and they're setting up. They're they're talking about her Scarlett's credentials. Benji's doing like an interview with her and they're at this archeological dig and she's looking lovely and behind her is some archeologist doing his job at a dig site. Benji stops the whole thing because he's too close to the shot and says, Hey, could you fuck off? And the guy's like, Oh yeah, sure. For your little video camera. That sounds perfect. What dig site are they at? Cause when I watched Jurassic park, (laughs) they were pissed when someone interrupted that dig. Oh, they got real mad. (laughs) All right. Who's the jerk? It's Colonel Sanders walking around with champagne. <laughs> oh. Dr. Sanders. Yeah. Um. <laughs> was that? Oh, <laughs> oh stop it. Oh. So, yeah, she's she's a alchemy scholar with multiple philosophy degrees. Flown yes. in a bunch of languages. She's a big deal. She's a badass. <clears throat> yeah, yeah she, she's a, a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she then she then gets the help like, of her tra- friend George, right? Yeah, she travels to Paris and she finds her her former lover. Yeah, who they got can, a thing uh, going translate? Sure. Was it Aramaic or something? Aramaic. Arabic? Yeah, dead language. Yeah, Aramaic. Yeah, he could transfer it. Apparently, that's one thing she can't do. So she needs to <laughs> hit up her ex, George. Who is what? Who's fixing? For free, out of the kinds of as hard as fixing this clock tower for the whole city. Yeah, this like giant clock tower, like that. What a badass job! They, they well, they, they. I don't think he's supposed to be doing it. I think he broke in. He's doing this as like he's a cool guy doing stuff for the people. It's Robin Hood shit, you know? Yeah, I, and he's like, look at them. They haven't heard their bell ring in five hundred years. <laughs> Not that accent, but you know. Where did that come from? What? <laughs> Dude, I'm drinking Perrier right now. <laughs> You're drinking sparkling water, so you got to get fancy. <laughs> fancy. Oh man. Um, yeah. So then uh, they're uh, they're speaking. They need help. Uh, they kind of swindle their way into this museum. They use some artifacts. They use the uh, uh, the rose key. They find out. They they find out the idea, the premise, the setup of this whole thing happened real quick. It was really nice. In 10 minutes, you have the whole premise, the whole setup. They find out. Um, through... And it was done well. Like, yeah. you got it. Like, yeah. you, you didn't even question. And you're like, oh, shit, that was done actually well. Yeah. It, you follow along just fine. This? It didn't drown you in logic. It doesn't make sense. It reached a bit far that people can just solve this, no problem. But they're setting up these two. Scarlett and George are the dream team. And Benji's documenting. And they find out through a good hunch that if the Philosopher's Stone's real, it's going to be hidden in the Paris catacombs because rumor is that's where a famous uh, alchemist created or discovered the Philosopher's Stone and and buried it with him. 
Yeah, now, discovered by Nicholas Flamel. Is, is is that is that it? Okay, yeah. Flamel. So Flamel probably. <laughs> it's French. I don't know. Is that French? Uh, somebody write. Somebody write to us and teach us how to read. If you could do that, <laughs> Just I know it's simple Nick pronunciation. Um, I know it's Nick. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, bud. Uh, Nicholas. Nicholas. Uh, so, so they find out that this is probably where the philosopher's stone is, um, and they're treating it like this. This treasure. They're gonna. It's this historical find, which of course, if it were real, it absolutely would be. They need help getting to the catacombs because it's illegal to go caving and spelunking down there because it's very dangerous. There are uh, there are many tours, but you only get a very limited part. The catacombs are absolutely huge. The catacombs are absolutely 100% real. Um, they have so much supernatural folklore surrounding about creepy stuff. The pop, What they are um, is a, a giant underground burial ground where crazy accidents have happened, terrible things have happened. There is three times the amount of dead bodies within the catacombs than there is in all of Paris. Yeah, I, I forget the numbers that they said. They said it like a couple times, but it is insane. It's a huge number. And it's, it's real. Like they actually shot this movie in the, the catacombs. Yeah. Now, how and crazy stage, is that? They actually went into them, but legally. <laughs> for the most part <laughs> maybe not so when you maybe see these an actual found footage yeah so when you see these rock walls of bones like that's that's part of the catacombs that they're in that um, could have been someone's aunt <laughs> super grim or your auntie's famous congratulations um collect that money they, <laughs> there you go uh, uh hit up legendary pictures <laughs> i'm sure they'll be <laughs> more than thrilled to investigate this for you uh, yeah, so then uh, they're discussing this out loud, and some just just Frenchy just chilling there uh, says, "Oh, you're turning to the catacombs. You got to go find uh, uh, this guy named Pap. Uh, he'll he knows it real well." And they're like, "Who?" And he disappears. Well, this goes to make more sense later on, um, uh, because uh, Pap is cool. Pap- <laughs> I really liked him. So they go into uh, they find Pap at, at uh at a club, which is a real club, a real live club in Paris. They see this really odd, pretty, but gangly tall chick in there that kind of gives them these crazy eyes. Benji kind of can't take his eyes off her. And then they meet Pap. Pap's like, who the hell are you? Trump down. You got money. So they agree to get into the catacombs. And just like that, the movie's set up. Everything makes sense. They have a tour guide and his and his rambunctious crew. They got Benji filming. Uh, Jordan's color tag team. They're going to find the Philosopher's Stone. Everything makes sense. But before we get into the catacombs, we'll be right back. The Kings of Kill would like to say thanks to you, our killer fans. But we need your help. Please share this episode with everyone you know. Share your favorite episodes with everyone you think might be interested in the Kings of Kill podcast. How to do that? Easy. On Spotify, get the share icon, send it to anyone on your contact list. It's that easy. While you're at it, head on over to kingsofkill.com. Request an episode and shop our one-of-a-kind unique merchandise available exclusively at kingsofkill.com. Again, thanks, killers. 
And we're back. We're talking about As Above, So Below, another great request from you guys. Uh, and we're about to enter the Paris Catacombs. Now, this place is legendarily creepy. This is a, a, a weird spot where lots of accidents have happened. Tons of people have gone missing um, still to this day. There's been terrible accidents where uh, whole sections of France have caved in. And we keep discovering that the catacombs go deeper and longer than we ever thought. It is... It, it still is kind of like a supernatural mystery of what's all going down there. It's the Marianas Trench of Paris. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to explain it. And it's very dangerous. So uh, uh, everyone knows the premise. Um, so you got uh, Pap and his crew. Uh, you've got the tag team of Scarlett and George. You got Benji recording. And they're headed in. And yeah. they're, they're kind of giving up some warnings, too. Let's, let's tap on uh, George has been refusing to go in. That's right. Because his brother drowned in a cave. He's a little claustrophobic, which is doesn't really, same doesn't with real actor. Scarlet. Doesn't trust Scarlett either because last time they worked together. Yeah. And the, yeah. the actor was pretty claustrophobic too. They had to take a lot of breaks apparently. I, don't so, I mean, you're, you're in a cave. Yeah. That. yeah. And <laughs> Pap is kind of, you know, like, I'll take you there, but I mean... We lost our friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, he lost one of his really good friends. Who used to live in the caves. He, he, the reason Pat knows the cave system so well is because his buddy uh, was, um, uh, was impoverished and he lived in those cave systems. He knew them left and right. And he even stayed clear of massive sections of those caves because he knew bad things happened there. He just wasn't sure what. And when he disappeared, they believed that he finally was brave to check those sections out. And he's never returned since. Um, George actually, uh, now that you brought it up, he wasn't going to come and he was reluctant, wasn't going to come in because his brother passed away in a tragic drowning accident. And the only reason he did um, is because the cops saw them sneaking in to a blocked off section of the catacombs. And they went to tackle Pap to stop them from coming and scrambling to get away from the police. They're forced to just go in there because they know the police aren't going to follow them. It's too dangerous. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so now everyone's in. There's really no turning back because if they do, they're guaranteed to get booked. So on they go. Uh, they're getting kind of a tour, like stay out of here. There's cool stuff over here. Be careful. There's graffiti on the walls. Uh, yes, there's like water up to like your knees and stuff, but it's not that bad because clearly people have already been here several times before. The problems start to happen when Scott says, hey, I'm, I have the map system. Mind you, the map system after being translated is also directly tied to the nine circles of hell. <laughs> because this movie... Dante's Inferno. Yeah, Dante's Inferno. Uh, the Divine Comedy. And, and it starts to take place very soon. Uh, so, Scarlett wants to go a certain direction and Pap is, swears to death. That's when he tells the whole story about his, his friend who went missing. He said, it's, it's, you can't go that way. It's not going to work. So they go a different direction, and they're crawling through bones. They see that uh, that gangly supermodel-looking chick uh, from uh, the Benji saw at the club. She's there, and she's all like dressed like she's in Suspiria with like the red paint, the white yeah, outfit. Like Suspiria, and then that band him. She's like a cultist singing in the tunnels, <laughs> and you're like, rip off my wings of butterfly, you know? Like, holy shit, this is terrifying. <sighs> Oh my God! Was that was that was that Steven stand up right there? Was that what that was? 
I'm going to go on tour soon. I already told one of my friends. <laughs> we'll pair you up with Dane Cook. Don't uh, worry. <laughs> by tour, I mean I'm just going to go on Zoom or live YouTube and sit in my chair. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to the kitchen. Live. Maybe that'll be another night. That is that is the new tour these days, man. Just go on YouTube live. <laughs> yeah, just go on different parts of your house. Um, Shit. <laughs> and this week, we're on the sofa. Um <laughs> Yeah, so there, so weird stuff is happening. There, there, the rock walls of skulls and bones. Things are flooded. The uh, twists and winds are happening, and all of a sudden, they realize they went into a giant circle. This is the first stage. Classic, of getting weird. Yeah, classic haunted house weird stuff happening. They went in a perfect circle, and the team's starting to argue and bicker. Oh, and we missed uh, Benji. Narrowly avoids death several times in this. This time, not only did he not get arrested with the camera. Um, but he got stuck in this claustrophobic, like crawl space where he's, he's on, his belly's on bones, rocks above a cave in starting to happen. Rats are starting to bite his ankles. He's having a panic attack. And this is how a lot of cavers actually die. They panic in small situations. They can't relax. They hyperventilate and they get stuck between rocks. It's a terrible way to go. I, I, I mean, felt just- his panic, man. As yeah. I was watching it, I was like, shit, this is actually giving me anxiety for some reason. He, he did a great job. Luckily, they make it through narrowly because now there was a huge collapse and they can't go out the way they entered because this dangerous cave system uh, just had a rock slide. They yeah. can't go back. And now they're in a whole new spot. Yeah, <laughs> but they're still going in circles. Um, so what, what do they do next? Uh, I think they pap realizes you know this wall the door should be here or this entrance should be here and she's like no look on the map apparently it changed like everything he pap thought he knew about the catacombs like it's all changing the farther they go in like every every turn and everything is Mm -hmm. he doesn't remember that and then they they find you know his graffiti tag on the wall because he likes to do that beginning of the tunnel he you know he uh when you which said, was before the landslide yeah yeah before when you said graffiti on the wall yeah he he puts his little graffiti tag pap yeah and they find another tag that says pap and he insists he's never been there before and mm-hmm. so everybody's starting you know not trusting each other haunted house kind of thing there's oohs yep. and eeks and random noises and then they hear a Lots. telephone ring Lots of noises. Yeah. Then the telephone rings and who's on the telephone. Not me. <laughs> no, Steven, you did not call in 2014 when they were making this movie. It was, uh, it was, uh, Scarlett's father, um, saying some really disturbing stuff, kind of begging for help, begging for life. And it freaks Scarlett out. Then they find, a piano, a perfectly yet dusty, but perfectly set up piano that reminds George of his childhood where he used to play uh, this song, except they couldn't finish the song. Him and his brother played the song, but he couldn't finish it because one of the keys were broken. He goes to play it, that key's broken. Weird shit's happening. It is now officially supernatural territory. It is now officially unexplained, meaning they have, they're starting to get closer to hell itself. That's the premise. Of yeah, the movie. things things in their past are starting to come up, and like that. Actually, I loved seeing that piano. That scene right there. He was playing, you know, the tune. Yeah, and then he he tries that A four key, yeah, C four yep. key, 
and it doesn't work and he just flips it, yeah. it's so creepy so it, creepy it reminds me of of what Stephen King wanted uh the whole purpose of it you know to bring back these childhood traumas yes and how they can make even a well grounded successful adult just just weak as a baby because because trauma doesn't just go away with time it's something you have to cope with you know and it's it's the look on george's face was was yeah. perfect there's a lot of acting moments in here by uh uh, uh by uh, perdita by feldman uh by hodge who played benji um, and by uh, Francois Civil, uh, who played. Uh, we Pat. can't really see Benji's face. You can, you can a few times, a, like a few panicking, times. He's, you know? he's more like um, J.T. Miller from uh, Cloverfield. That's his character. Oh, right. That's exactly. It. Yeah, you you seem just enough to keep the story going, uh, but it's but they they all deliver some real heartfelt things. They do, and it's just small moments. It's just enough. It's not these legendary speeches that are going to win an Oscar. It's just these little moments that, that just feel so real. Um, so, yeah, so the Lost in These Cave Systems, weird stuff's happening. Um, they find uh, their, then, their lost friend. Latupe. Yes. yes. So then he shows up and he's like, are you okay? Are you alive? And he's acting awfully strange. And he's telling him, he's telling the crew, their lost friend that's missing for years, presumed dead, um, said the only way out is down. Now, this is in direct relation to Dante's Inferno because the only way to get through these circles of hell is to go through hell itself. That's the only way out is to just go through the worst of it. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, so who's the first – what's the first incident that happens? Oh, shit. I don't remember this, the nine circles of hell. No, no, not that. the the first uh, the the first victim. Um, well, that part, I know one part's not coming up, but they find that the well preserved Templar knight in like a tomb, yes, with which, a mound which I of think, treasure. What I think he was supposed to be is I think he might have supposed to have been the alchemist. I think so too. Actually, you know, I first thought he was a knight too because he's dressed in that garb. He has the red cross. He has like on you know not a nightgown but his Templar night suit yeah <laughs> available with old navy right now his Templar night suit um yeah, yeah he uh, and people see the gold because they they did say you know there's like hella treasure there that's why also yeah. we should have said pap agreed to go on because there's hella gold yes uh, so but the real treasure of course is the philosopher's stone there's i, a I think the real treasure here it. is the friendships made along the way <laughs> Yeah. Yes, Stephen. That's <laughs> and our when we edit this for PBS All Access, that'll be that'll be the message. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So uh, so she's trying to uncover the mystery because there's a wall with hints on it. That clearly, this is the tomb of the alchemist. Uh, that's the stone. But there's also this gate filled to the brim with treasure. Um, and as she's trying to decipher what's what, uh, she I think she does discover it and she takes the stone. Correct. Yeah, she, Which she grabs the stone and then uh George George is like, This is so ugly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the stone. Well, yeah, dickhead. Um, then they turn around, they want to celebrate, and and when they hug, it's so real. It's just so genuinely happy. It just it sounds silly, but like it really is like a genuine moment. And then Pap and the crew 
break the gate, take the goal. She says, no, it's a trap. And the whole place caves in. Oh, yeah. it No, it's a trap. She yells it just like, <laughs> here comes another fucking reference. <laughs> what, just, what now? Just like, just like Alan's dad in The Mummy, or Alan Parrish's dad in Jumanji, that actor who's in The Mummy. He's like, you mustn't read from the book. What have you done? <laughs> That's the energy I got from her. You, you've got. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're all over Hollywood on this one, man. All right. Everything so, reminds uh, me of something. Yeah. Hey, it's all right. I References for out. everybody. Uh, um, okay. So, yeah. So, the whole place caves in. Um, one of the crew, one of Pap's crew gets severely hurt, and Scarlet rubs the stone, a piece of the stone on them thinking or on her right her arm is severely yeah, gassed like she's gonna bleed out i think, I think so yeah i think it's uh pap's girlfriend yeah yeah so yeah. she's gonna bleed out she needs help uh i like how they ignore the guy bleeding from the face with yeah Latupe, the, the lost friend from um, years he poor gets, guy i mean he literally gets lost under the rebel yeah rubble. yeah um so she picks up a piece and magically the stone actually works actually heals her um everyone's kind of in disbelief but it works and they still have to get out of this place um but it's but they're lost like everything's a trap all the walls are fake everything goes in circles they have to go deeper and i think this is when they find the well right yeah they they, the they see a drawing of a door on the ceiling with the mm -hmm. gnostic star of david mm -hmm. symbolizing and she's like as above so below boom credits no um <laughs> It reveals a door <laughs> hidden on the How floor. How pissed would you be if that was it? If every movie ended with when the title said, just boom, credits. We are the Lord I wish of the Rings. Every, boom, credits. You don't even get to see I wish shit. Every, I wish every time like someone actually used that in movies, like you just heard like the Law and Order gavel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they... They uh, read, you know, as above, so below, reveals a door. They go through the opening and it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what's that passage marked? It's got that phrase, uh, abandon all hope, all ye who all enter. All ye who enter, yeah, which is written, according to Dante's Inferno, which is written on the gates of hell. Yeah, straight Not entrance. good. Not good. Yeah, um, so that's really bad because that's the gate of hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go there. Personally, but well, it's the only way out. I would have just killed myself out. right there. <laughs> <laughs> you have not made it through. No, just leave me, uh, bury me in the gold. <laughs> you're, just, you're just pulling on gates and stealing stuff. So hopefully, something collapses on you. Yep, <laughs> touch uh, every rock, everything just so I get collapsed on. Um, so they, uh, uh they. They wander on, they go through, and, and now things are really starting to get spooky. Like, we heard weird noises before, now noises are howling uh, as, as it goes on. There's, there's mouths in the walls, there's hands reaching out of nowhere. Like, clearly, this is a creepy-ass place. And this is all in first-person view. That's the crazy yeah. part. We gotta remember that, because that's, like, pretty creepy. You're seeing this you through the eyes of Benji. Yeah, you feel... the headlamp. You, yeah, you feel the close-knit claustrophobia, 
of just how narrow the cave spaces are. Mind you, half of them are flooded. Half of it's made of bone. Now we're getting weird statues and stuff. Now we're seeing weird hooded figures all over the place. Um, uh, it's a very, very dangerous environment. And too many supernatural things are happening to even trust the environment. Uh, and it's all that that first person camera, which is why, which is what made like our when we when we uh, reviewed Resident Evil Seven, I mean that's so successful is that jump to first person view. You're in it. You're in the mix. You know when you look, you have to do that slow turn draw. It really adds yeah. elements of horror. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, it makes everything more a little more terrifying. A lot like a, more terrifying. Yeah, yeah, like camera fixed angles and stuff. You know, it's not terribly scary. But, I mean, you get to see what's behind them. And sometimes that works. Like on Strangers, you know, when he walks through the room and she's, like, trying to light a cigarette in the house. Oh, man. And he's that just is... in the background. But if you see it first person, you're just going to, what, I don't know. I guess they would have shown a reflection off the cabinet glass. Damn, I'm good. Yeah. What works, how the Strangers was so effective not this is a weird correlation but but the lack of music you know music is really helpful in movies but sometimes it's when it's missing it makes it so much more real yeah and that's why i think strangers is really terrifying to me because it's it's more they don't do like they do a score and stuff but the only music you really hear is when they're personally playing it which makes sense. So you're dragged into that world. Like this is the sounds they're actually listening to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like it becomes, it becomes an immersive experience. Like exactly. a video. Yeah, exactly. And this movie kind of felt that way because first person view, you hear all that stuff and there's no music. Really? There's nothing. It's just, you hear things. If you have surround sound, this movie kicks ass at sounds. Oh, it does. It, it, and, and they really play the tricks to make things come from behind you to the left, to the right. They really yep. play with that. And it really comes in handy because and they also echo it, too, which would make sense because you're you're in the catacombs. So it's really tough to tell where sound is coming from. Um, yeah, it was it was loud on the left side. And then you can hear it run all the way to the round ra- around your living room. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like this next part coming up. When they find uh, Lutipe, uh, fuck, I never know his name. Latupe. I'm just gonna call him yeah. Latupe. <laughs> Their <laughs> long lost friend that they found. Then he died. Dropping his new rap <laughs> album. Latupe. Latupe. <laughs> they thought he was dead. He died, and then they find him again, thinking that he was dead. So, Suxi, I think that's her name. Yep. I don't know French people. <laughs> <laughs> the girl that got injured with the arm that got healed by Harry Potter stone. Yes. Yes. She reaches out to him and he just brutally kills her. Just destroys her face. Smashes her skull against the rock over and over and over again. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. And they even a uh, 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 pap is crying saying, use the stone, use the stone. And she said, it won't work like she's it doesn't work if you're already dead yeah it can't, can't bring, bring the out dead back the to dead life. which is interesting because um uh uh 
Latupe as we're calling him. <laughs> he uh he mentioned, or at least the ghost of Latupe mentioned that uh everything you're seeing here isn't the cave, it's someone doing it. Because in the nine circles of hell and Dante's adventure, he is experiencing all the countless souls that are trapped in different levels. Um, and everything he sees, um, more so than just demons, it's it's people being haunted, being trapped. And the only way out is is to get over what's holding you back from getting to the other side. Whether that means back to life or to heaven. And, well, right now, someone didn't make it because of these traps. And uh, so that's the first one to go. Um, Paps Girl's out. She's she's down for the count. It's surprisingly our first kill of the show, and it's about halfway through, which is surprising because usually there's a instead of like the hook, which we said kind of was necessary. Usually put a kill in real early to get people hooked. It wasn't necessary. The story drove just fine for this film. Yeah, and I don't know if you well, there's the people that died from the trap. But, I mean, you don't know who they are, really. They're just those people in the background that you don't care about. I think everyone made it from from the trap. People were beat up, but everybody made it because Latupe, who was there. He died. He's already dead. He's just he's just a, a shell. He's just a trapped ghost in this purgatory hell that he's in. Yeah, he, um, he shouldn't have gone there. So, um, I think everyone else made it because there was only there was only – I think there's like six people. Was there that many? So we have Perdita. That's one. We or, Well, we have Scarlet. That's one. George, that's two. Benji, that's three. Pap, that's four. Um, her girlfriend. Susie, that's five. And, or his um, girlfriend, yeah. And then you had like two other dudes. Because they were Pap's friends carrying the gear. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Did we watch this movie? Shit. Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, write to us. <laughs> Let us know what the hell we're talking about. Um, no, I think uh, because um, um, I think there's only one other person we're not accounting for, and he's still alive. He's just really not in the movie that much. True. Okay, I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, we're going to grab our notes. We'll be right back. Jesus Christ. the kings of kill would like to say thanks to you our killer fans but we need your help please share this episode with everyone you know share your favorite episodes with everyone you think might be interested in the kings of kill podcast how to do that easy on spotify get the share icon send it to anyone on your contact list it's that easy while you're at it head on over to kingsofkill.com request an episode and shop our one-of-a-kind unique merchandise available exclusively at kingsofkill.com again thanks killers And we're back. And believe it or not, we actually did do our homework. We scoured our notes real quick during the break. 
And yes, there are six people. No one actually uh, passed away from the first cave-in. Um, actually, the second cave-in, technically, because the, the first one was when Benji got stuck, but he made it. The second one was when they find the stone, but, but they get greedy with the gold. There was a collapse, but the person that was missing was the ghost of, of Latupe, right? Yes, um, yes. So, so we, we thought that was a kill. It's not. That doesn't count because he's already dead. Everyone makes it until the first kill. Susie, uh, uh, after getting her face smashed in by the ghost, this haunted demon um, of Latupe. So we're in it. We're with you. On with the show. <laughs> um, next up, I think, is when we see... They, uh, they go down from seeing that... Uh, from after that lady gets her face smashed in. Yeah. They realize, you know, we got to go deeper to escape. So now they're 1,000 meters well, underground. Yes, they, 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 they see the well. Is this their first or second well? I think this is their second one. This is their second well, and Benji's cord snaps. He goes plummeting, but he he makes it. <laughs> um, he This is the second time Benji almost died. <laughs> uh, yeah. But somehow, by the skin of his teeth, he's okay. His hands are cut to hell. Don't worry, they're still making him film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scarlet does not care. Uh, he's still filming. And then I believe this is when they see uh, the, a, a light at the end of the tunnel and they hear something that sounds like a fire, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They turn the corner and they see a full-size car completely ablaze and inside looking very sad literally on fire burned to death but so calm is that guy that tipped them off in the beginning that when they were when scarlet and george were having a conversation outside the museum they found out where philosopher stone might be this guy just tipped him off hey go find pat he's clubbing right now to help you out it's him so again that was another ghost so we have uh latupe we have uh again pronunciation who knows but we're going with it we have uh, the skinny model chick who looked like she was in Suspiria. And we have this guy, Pap's friend, or another, or uh, a childhood friend of Pap, I think, uh, all of which don't actually exist. They're all trapped in some stage of hell. Pap goes to run at him. The whole car env envelopes itself, turns to nothing, and Pap is now stuck, dying, buried in the earth with his feet hanging from or suspended from the ground upside down. Um, and this is a direct reference to one of the circles of hell in Dante's Inferno, another reference. And it's just so disturbing just to see his naked feet just wiggle as the rest of his body slowly dies, cemented in bone and earth. It's fucking crazy. It's weird. It is so yeah. trippy. And Later George on, finds his uh, dead brother under a pile of bones. Yeah, he finds his dead brother under a pile of bones. He also sees him like calling to him underwater it, the, the whole like all the audio turns upside down as mm -hmm. if they're underwater it is it's a great it's just a trippy experience it's like yeah. you're watching it's like you're this watching is when we an episode yeah and this is when we sadly uh say goodbye to benji yeah uh is this is this another is this they're about to spurlunk down another well right yeah because they he kept he like catches a glimpse of the that cultist at the beginning of the whole experience and at that club 
He sees and her again, not, holding like this baby. Holding a baby. Yeah. And then he falls to his death. Falls to his death. So unfortunately, Benji's finally gone. Um, it's it's sad. Uh, so we don't really know what's going on yet. Dante's Inferno. Uh, Everybody's seen our, their past. Pretty yeah. much they're just terrible. What fucking... what haunts them? And yeah, ex- yeah, there you go. The only way to escape with your soul is to rectify your sins. Or in other words, to to move on and accept something terrible that happened to you. Otherwise, you're not going to get out. You're going to wind up just like all these souls that are haunting them because they are trapped in this hellacious environment that they can't escape from because something is compelling them, tying them to the supernatural world. And even um, on their travels, they come across, there's a lot of hooded figures in there. And like there's like stone creatures popping out of the walls, but there's also this one hooded figure standing up from the simple rocking chair. Is that supposed to be the devil himself or just some like cult leader going on? Is that like a reference that I missed? You know, I I just saw it as the devil. Yeah, I did too, because he, he's sitting on a throne, basically, right? Yeah. And if so anything else on the throne, I'm like, yeah, that's the devil. You well, know, I thought that was that was the thing. Uh, I thought that was the, the semblance, even though it looks pretty normal. I think the whole point is everything does look normal. Like the souls that have been killing them appear somewhat normal. The weird stuff going on isn't, it's not CGI to hell. You know, everything is, is kind of sensible. Everything relates to their past. Um, and you've got to rectify things to move on. So now only, the only people that left is is the uh, the last uh, ragtag guy from Paps Group uh, who is now holding the camera. Now this makes no sense to me. This took me out of it a little bit. Just like the intro was unnecessary, now the last member of Pap's group decides to hold the camera. Why? You are. Dying. I don't know why the other two didn't. Or why is anyone? But that's that's when like George <laughs> confesses the Scarlet. He's like, "Whatever happens down here, the previous trip to Turkey was the best lie of my life." <laughs> so, your, something like that. Your accents, man. <laughs> that. That Perrier is getting to you, man. Let me tell you. He's had three accents in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. I mean, these are these are, these are citizens of the world. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So, what happens is, oh yeah. So they get to a spot and they're confused about about what to do. And uh, uh, George gets hurt. Gets hurt real bad. Uh, there's a bunch of like rock Dude, monsters. Dude, this scared me. This yeah. actually, this scene actually scared me because they're running because the abomination sits stands from the chair. The group runs and hides, and then like they they sit up or they uh, get behind this wall, and the wall, you know, they think it's a statue, but it turns and it just bites the shit out of George yeah. in the neck. Yeah, it, it's vampire a stone, style, a stone monster, and there's not just one of them. The whole wall busts open. And these creatures, there was once just mouths on the wall, are now attacking and chasing them. Uh, they finally get to safety. And there's also like these hooded figures. These devilish hooded figures are also chasing them. Plus the the weird witches from the beginning. I mean, this is the, the ground is full of mouths. There's arms everywhere. This is so trippy. They finally get to a safe spot. And George is clearly dying, right? He was bleeding from the neck profusely. She tries to use the stone and it doesn't work. She then realizes it's a dud. This is part of, this is part of it, right? She stole the stone. You know what I mean? Which means she has sinned, correct? She's correct. done something wrong, and the only way to get out 
she's got to give it back. So she has to traverse through miles of dangerous, supernatural, haunted-ass tunnels to put this stone back. Except they're worse now. There's more enemies. There's more creeps. There's more weird stuff going on. She has to go through a river of blood with all these arms spewing from it. She barely makes it back. Yeah, she finds that hanged man, you know, and she recognizes, oh, shit, that's my daddy. It's her father, yeah. Yeah, river of blood, just... You don't even so, know what she's touching. It's yeah, so fast so, so it and blurry. Out, it turns out that that her father, uh, the reason that the phone was ringing in the beginning is because her father was, uh, um, this might be a trigger warning for people. Her father was committed suicide, very sad. And he went to call her to kind of say like, hey, I need some help. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing okay. And she ignored the call. And that ruined her. So this is something she has to forgive herself for. She has to get over this to get through whatever circle of hell that they're in. Um, also, when they get back to the alchemist's tomb, the alchemist is now deceased. He was very well preserved. He was dead both times, of course. He was very well preserved in the first one on the other side of, of hell. Now they've gone through and they're passing hell. He's now decrepit like the crypt keeper. She puts the stone back um, and all these crazy noises kind of stop. And she looks into uh, a weird rendition of the sun, which is part of the mystery where she found out how to get the stone. It's this, this encryption on the wall. And she can see through this gold rendition of the sun, it's, it's a mirror. And she kind of gets, okay, well, well, the stone isn't a stone. It's something that you possess in you. You know what I mean? For going through this perilous journey which is why the alchemist died, right? That's how he right. got this, which is, which is, it sounds far-fetched, but I'm telling you, if you're along for the ride of the story, it just works. You know, it's not, the, everything's already supernatural. It's already into the spiritual realm, you know? And it just, that didn't bother me or take me out of any of it. Did you? No, not at all. And how she, you know, apologizes for the failure and like she struggles with that those suicide thought or his dad mm-hmm. did her dad yep. did yep. and how she returns to her friends and like kisses George lays her hands on his neck, you know, healing him and stuff like everything is making sense it, it does. because they have to, yeah, they have to realize this is our personal hell. Um, yeah. Like you said, shit. And then they reach that, a dead end. They find this bottomless hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's only it's too far to rope. That's what one of them say. <laughs> and then yeah. we can't rope Idiot. down it. Oh my god. We need our spurlunking gear. We're in hell, bro. Let's move. Can we can we they please go in that trap of the gold? So uh on. so yeah, so so that recap we just did sounded really Disney-esque. I promise it's not. You know, it sounds like a Snow White ending. It's deep. It's not. It it doesn't take deep you out like of it. Deep like they are. Deep like what? Don't worry about <laughs> it. So they, Scarlet, you know, explains like, "Hey, we got to confront with our torments, yeah. dude, to escape the reflected reality." Mm-hmm. And so George is like, he says, "You know, my brother drowned because I got, I got lost going for help." And then Zed's like. I'm denying responsibility for a bastard child, mm. dog. And um, just like that, what do they do? They they just see the hood demons chase them, and they're like, 
if we fall, we're probably not going to survive because it's way too damn. You know what? Let's just jump. And then they, they just they jump down forever. There, you know. They just fall and fall and fall because it's that or face these demons, right? It's a lose lose situation. Um, yep. But luckily, they've they've if they were honest and they really rectify their souls, they come face to face with their torments. It's the only shot, and somehow none of them break their legs, none of them get crippled. They all land horribly hard after falling for what felt like forever, right? Um, yeah. And then they look down and they see what looks like a manhole cover, but yeah. it's backwards. They have to push it. <laughs> yeah, they, they push it down, and the camera, it like inverts, flips. Yeah. It, it's so weird because they're climbing down into it, but are coming up. The, and they're coming up out of the the ground, Onto the city streets. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they see Notre Dame in the back, yep. it, which was weird how they did that. It was it was a great trick, and I'm not I'm not sure what angle was what, like how many takes were taken if they filmed it upside down or right side up, or, or maybe they way. like maybe they reversed the feed or something. It was whatever it was. It was perfect. Cause it looked real. So with the, so um, at, at towards the end of the divine comedy, um, uh, Dante experiences this weird thing where gravity flips because he passes all the way through the center of the earth, right through hell back to the other end of earth and gravity reverses itself. And he, in, 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 in this tale, he feels this experience and it's quite a trip. It is summed up in 30 seconds of movie magic right here. Yeah. And so they, they, they land on the ground. They all embrace. They all hug. Uh, 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 they jump up in the air and it freaks they, they do not cowabunga and stop it. That's not the end of the movie. <laughs> they, uh, uh, the, the Frenchie, he's like, love you guys, but fuck this. This is a trip. I'm out. I'm gone. Later. And then... And then uh, Scarlett and George hug. And this pissed me off because after everything you just went through, Scarlett gives George an ass-out hug. Those of you who don't know what that is, it's hugging someone, but you're afraid to touch each other, so you just, like, separate your bodies. You just profess your, like, love for each other, and you won't give each other a good hug. What the shit is that? You literally went through hell and back. <laughs> with this literally. Um, yeah. I don't care if they're exes. You get back together, goddammit. <laughs> I can't believe you're rooting for a Disney ending right now. Oh man. But uh but yeah, that is that is the tie-up. And it was one hell of an adventure. And and before we put in our final thoughts, folks, we'll be right back. The Kings of Kill would like to say thanks to you, our killer fans. But we need your help. Please share this episode with everyone you know. Share your favorite episodes with everyone you think might be interested in the Kings of Kill podcast. How to do that? Easy. On Spotify, hit the share icon, send it to anyone on your contact list. It's that easy. While you're at it, Head on over to kingsofkill.com, request an episode, and shop our one-of-a-kind, unique merchandise 
available exclusively at kingsofkill.com. Again, thanks, killers. All right, and we're back as above, so below. One thing that just after I watched this, I just went to uh, do a little digging to see, just just check up on like see like the budget, the writers, things like that, just just stuff for the show, and came across why the title is as above, so below, and I absolutely love it. So as above, so below is the primary rule of magic, and I'm not talking about like like David Copperfield, like stage magic. I'm talking about when when magic was perceived as real, right? When alchemists were considered scientists. Um, uh, as above, so below basically means in a nutshell that as I perceive the world, then so it is. Like what's inside of me exists outside. Your reality is what you make of it. Um, um, the supernatural is the natural. It's, and that just tied the whole movie together for me right there. And yeah, just so clever. That that really uh I don't know, it just it was the perfect button for the film. Now, is this film perfect? Not at all. It has it has a lot of fallbacks, but for what it is, for the super small budget, for a really quick four-month passion project, this is an absolute gem. And it it is if you missed it because you thought it was just a descent knockoff, or if it was trailing from the many found footage uh, flicks that followed the Blair Witch, it is absolute hundred percent worth a shot. Yeah, I, I feel like it's very underrated, and I would just ignore the critic score on this one because you have to. Well, it's, it's it a horror; it they're all going to be bad. Yeah, it's like we said before; it's just a horror Laura Croft Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, mixed with some Indiana Jones, but. I I really enjoyed like the farther they went down, reality seemed to be pulling away. Um it and it added suspense of having the environment play a role. Like that's yeah. what scares me. Like, what if it caves in right here? That person's gonna get smashed. When the environment is put in the movie, that scares me a little bit because I'm not only worried about who's killing who or the demons or something. No, I'm thinking about cavens now. I'm yeah. thinking about other things. What if this guy drowns in the water? Yeah, you're not. So you're not. You're not trapped in your house with a killer. You know the. You know the layout. You're trapped in an unpredictable environment that cannot be controlled, and in fact, is controlling you. That's yeah, a whole I feel. I feel like that's a little more. That adds a little more to it. Now, it does have the flaws, like you said. Like, I kept asking, like, who was that? Who was who just died? Because it was kind of blurry, and the camera on top of the headlamp wasn't the best. And it, but it was a good found footage point of view movie. It was, but it was just kind of like, yeah. So some points are holy shit. This is this is a little too much, but it was handled probably one of the best of those movies. But it still had that flaw. Like, right? I, I had to ask, like, who who just died? Flaws for me, uh, it was sometimes it was a little too found footage, it was a little too MTV camera shaky. That took me out of it, as well as like like I said, the intro took me out when Benji the cameraman died. Why did someone else pick up the camera? 
I know the sh- I know the movie has to go on, but still, yeah. come up with an excuse. Have it be George or something, or Scarlett, someone who actually cares about this being documented. And then, when you said it was tough to see who died, just like we had to like refer to our notes to figure out what happened, right? Um, yeah, that, that really that was, was me. The whole movie. It really was hard to keep up, and not only that, there wasn't besides Benji, Scarlett, uh, George, and Pat. I didn't care about anybody else. I was going to say the character development wasn't the best because I didn't connect with that many characters. And yeah, I just didn't care who lived or died besides the leading lady. And then I was like, ah, shit, I actually care about George. Yeah, I like George. George won me over. Because he, you know, because he, he seemed like he was like this badass, like, oh, yeah, we'll go through the tunnels. Yeah. got this hot ass girlfriend right here. Like, hey, girl, what's up? And then like he becomes scared and like you actually yeah. see who he actually Human. is yeah because There's he's a lot not of... in this world anymore yeah what I, what was a really neat take instead of an evolution of characters there was a de-evolution they started off way too video gamey way too legendary status and they got broken down to a more humane status as yes. it went through in a I think really the only one i think the only one that didn't get too broken down was george um, you know what i mean like he he did get broken down like everybody did, but it seemed like for him to be scared that entire time to go in in the first place because of his dead brother and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Near the end, you know, he was just like, you know, whatever happens, this was the best time of my life, and you know, he was just like, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, experiencing this, I was just like, well, he's not even having that bad of a time. <laughs> Yeah. So another another thing that one thing that I was kind of tossed up about is another reason I liked it so much is it got in. So throw away the intro. It got into the movie, except the movie in like 10 minutes flat, which was fantastic. But it was so rushed. It was so easy for them that it kind of made it seem like it was nice that I could follow along in a simple in a simple like like level of mystery. But it was just so quick. It was so easy. Like. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it was very fast paced for this movie. Yeah, but it was about it. well done. Like you, you understood what everything was happening. Right. But I, I just wish it was longer. Like I wish this movie was a half hour longer. It could have taken its time. You know, it could have learned something from the likes of say seven. You know, let things yeah. unwind naturally. You know. Yeah, um, it, it could have showed them. Uh, they freaked out enough, but <laughs> it it just it seemed to wrap up pretty quick. You know, they're just, there's another hole. There's another hole. There's another yeah. hole. Yeah. But I don't know. They, I mean, they could have, they went through like what, three or four holes. They should have gone through like what, nine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Different levels. The levels were kind of like, if you were keeping up and I kind of tried to, yeah, the, the, there were not... never nine distinct circles. They were kind of hodgepodge together. It worked just fine. Yeah, but Exactly. But it was but, just um, a little rushed, but all, Honestly, this movie was great. It was. I can't believe this was overlooked. I know. I can't believe I overlooked it. Um, I can't believe I listened. I can't believe I listened to critics. Never listened to goddamn critics. But, but um, this was. It was a gem. It was really well done. Really well executed. You really care about the two main protagonists. Um, they work really well together. It was. It was a successful execution of a modern rendition of the supernatural Paris Catacombs. The the, the all the mystery around it as well as um, the historic lore of Dante's Inferno. I called it a success. Yeah. yeah. And the body count wasn't even 
that crazy. I mean, no, well, four half half of the cast, I guess. So what we got like four, four, yeah, four, which is really low, but no, no, we 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 might have five. You got to count Scarlet's father. Do you count? Uh, do you count that with the suicide because it happened before the movie started? Yeah, that's you, true. You're the king no. of the count, man. I'll I'll let you dive it up. I think it's I think it's four. Okay, I think I'm not going to count the death of his dad, her dad. Because I mean, you you see your dad die like what three times? Yeah, over and over. It's haunting her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you could say the body count's six, but let's let's just go to like four. Well, let's call it four. I don't know what are the rules for the body count, folks. You tell us. Write to us, kingsofkill.com. Let us know the rules for the body count. Um, speaking of writing to us, every week we we uh, post a Twitter poll. Stephen, what happened last week? Last week was our Q&A episode, yes. so we asked if you guys would like another format or means of entertainment for you people to enjoy, and um, no one picks Twitch or YouTube options? streams. The, uh, the options were Twitch or YouTube streams, more Q&As, keep doing reviews of movies, or all of the above, Okay, and all of the above one. <laughs> so I guess we got to do everything. Damn it! There's so much <laughs> homework to do. Oh man, uh, that's all right. Hey, hey, folks, we do the show for you. Um, we uh, we put a lot of time and effort into this. Um, I know it seems like a a ragtag crew, but we love what we do. We love doing this for you. So if you want more, we're gonna do the best we can to give you more. I can guarantee it. Um, and next True. week, next week we have yet another request. What is it? Because I don't know this one. This one is uh, um, this one's gonna be a doozy. This is not gonna be an easy one. This one's coming to us from Jerry. Uh, a big uh, is it Jerry from Traveling Pants? It's Jerry. It's, it's the same Jerry, your favorite, Stephen. Okay. Um, this one is uh for beginners into the horror genre, or for for non fans completely. Give three to five movies to make someone a fan of horror. Oh, we're being asked a question right now. Yeah, no, no. This is this is he wants a whole episode on it. Oh shit! Yeah, he wants us to come up with our own individual lists, three to five each. So I'll probably pick eighteen. I don't know, knowing me. <laughs> and, I like this. And of how to get either a non-fan an introductory fan or a hater of horror, give them a series of films to turn them into a horror fan. Perfect. That's a fun challenge. In my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we'll do uh, uh Steven already knows. I don't, <laughs> we will, uh, we'll get, I didn't even that. know the question. You know what? I have the, fucking we... <laughs> we will get into that. Uh, uh, next week's folks. Stay tuned. Make sure. To stop on by kingsofkill.com. There you'll find a link, a contact link. It's a direct link to our Gmail where you can request episodes just like this one and just like next week. Don't forget, at kingsofkill.com, there are links to our social medias like our Instagram so you never miss when we release new content by following us there. Also, follow us on Twitter so you can take polls and surveys on every episode we release. Um, also, stop by our online store full of one-of-a-kind, unique merchandise found only at kingsofkill.com. Dot com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Zach. Oh, hey, I'm I'm Steven. 
Didn't see you there. Good job, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Kings of Kill podcast. Are you there, man? Okay, yeah. There's six people. Okay, so how many people? There's Pap, his girlfriend, Scarlett, George, Benji, and their friend Zed. So Zed makes it to the end. I don't remember. He makes it to the end. Does he really? Yeah. He makes it to the very end, He, he but he walks away. Okay. He's just over. He's like, he's like yep. fuck you guys. Scarlet, George, and Zed are the only ones alive. So there are six people. So we have Scarlet, George, and Zed live. Zed live. But we also have Benji, Pap, Susie. Is that everybody? I think that's everybody. Six people. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. Goddamn. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yep. <laughs> 